The first reading is from Psalm 112, which might be on page 940 of the Church Bibles, but I didn't check it. Sorry. 614 is not on 940. Okay. Page 614, Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fears of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be lifted high with honour. This is the word of the Lord. In your pew Bibles, and it's um, 2 Corinthians, <coughs> sorry, it's 263, that's right. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9 from verse 6. And Paul writes, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man shall give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all great grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written... He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do feel free to come around here if you'd like. I don't have to keep looking around, get a crick in my neck. Well, I sat in my study yesterday 
reading these two scriptures and meditating on bread, principally on the huge number of bread rolls which had been bought for Funday Sunday and had been stacked in crates in my study in front of me. I don't know how they get through so much bread at Funday Sundays. It would take me months to get through that. Mind you, it's a very tempting idea to invite Nigel to come and join me and see if we could eat all the bacon sandwiches for Funday Sunday in one sitting. Nigel looks as if he's up for the challenge. Unfortunately, we both get rather fat. We might go off bacon, which would be a great shame. And, of course, we would have nothing for our guests to invest in future relationship together with them. Farmers who live in parts of the world where crop failure still means famine and starvation know the intensity of relief and gratitude for a good harvest safely gathered in. They, like the psalmists, know that tomorrow's supper is directly uh, dependent upon their own hard work and the goodness and provision of God. So Harvest Festival was, and still is, a time for relishing rest from labour and thanking God for his generous blessing. But such farmers and the psalmists also know that Harvest presents a dilemma. Because the crop which supplies today's supper also supplies seed to sow for the next crop. Eat too much now, and you haven't got anything left to sow next year. Set aside too much to sow next year, and you go hungry today. So sowing always seems like an act of generosity from the present to the future. Well, the good thing is, God knows that we need both bread and seed, and he supplies both. Gratitude and generosity. He loves them both. And we'll come back to these two themes. The New Testament develops the idea of harvest in two powerful ways which are very familiar to us. Firstly, Paul uses the harvest imagery to speak to the Corinthians about money. Money, of course, is the mechanism by which those who don't take part in harvest are connected to it. So with the cash in my pocket, I can buy the loaf which I didn't make from the grain which I didn't grow or harvest. So money raises for me exactly the same uh, combination of opportunities. Gratitude for God's generous provision and the generosity to invest in next year's harvest. Which is why Jesus speaks so much about money. I'll be reminding us once again in our gift day next month that God, as Paul says in our reading, has made us rich in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion and our generosity can result in thanksgiving to God. Paul is talking about money, financial generosity, but the image that he's using 
is that of harvest and sowing. Well, of course, Jesus and Paul take the image one step further to an even more profound application of the same principles. We've heard it over and over in the hymns that we've been singing, this uh, harvest songs of praise. Sowing for harvest and reaping of labour apply not just physically and not just financially, but also in terms of the gospel. As Jesus made clear in his parable of the sower, God's word is sown into people's hearts, and according to the quality of the soil that it finds in them, a harvest is, reap, or is reaped. It might be a hundredfold, it might be a sixtyfold, it might be thirtyfold, it might be nothing at all. The harvest is a harvest of worship. As people are welcomed into Christ's kingdom and have an impact on Christ's world through their sanctified actions. But the energy of worship can be reinvested back into the world, re-sown through befriending and discipling, through serving and witnessing. So that another generation of gospel crop can grow up from the same seed. And so this Harvest Festival, this Harvest Songs of Praise, here are my two words to you from the Lord of the Harvest. Firstly, gratitude. Secondly, generosity. Gratitude and generosity. So, gratitude, firstly. We give thanks today and every day for all the good things that we have eaten this year. For bacon sandwiches and Victoria sponge cake. For bread and marmalade for beef and ale pie, for chocolate mousse and strawberries and cream. Fill in your own gaps. We give thanks too for all that we've received financially, for wages and gifts and fees and pensions, and for all that has enabled us to enjoy, that that has enabled us to enjoy. Homes and heating, transport and clothes, holidays and hobbies. And we give thanks, too, for all that we have received spiritually at God's hand, for daily Bible readings and those who have prepared them, for shared prayer, for Christian fellowship, for the kindness of others, for forgiveness and intimacy with our Heavenly Father. Those who have sown generously into our lives have reaped a harvest for God, joy in our lives, blessing in theirs, and praise to the Father for the work of Christ which can be seen in us. Gratitude and generosity. What God has allowed us to reap in harvest is also automatically the seed available to us to re-sow for the next harvest. The potatoes which come out of our allotment who am I looking at, can be boiled up for supper, for uh, um, haggis and mash, or can be put in a bag and generously given to a neighbour, or can be cooked into a shepherd's pie and brought from a, for a welcome lunch, or can be kept a seed potato to be sown again for next year. 
our financial resources can be enjoyed now or reinvested or put to work in the church's ministry or given to those whose harvest has failed so that they can survive today and sow tomorrow. And the spiritual riches that we have received, that we have developed in discipleship, can be enjoyed ourselves now or put to work in witnessing to others and serving and discipling them for a future harvest not our own. And when you sow, you will reap a harvest of joy in others, of blessing for yourself and of praise for Christ. So can we enjoy something for ourselves or must we give it all away? Gratitude or generosity? Well, the wonderful thing is that God, our Heavenly Father, knows that we need bread to eat and seed to sow. And if you keep sowing, he will go on providing you enough to eat. In Christ's kingdom, generosity and gratitude go hand in hand. The more generous you are, the more you will have to satisfy both your own needs and those of your generosity. As Paul says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Well, many of you have faithfully sown for decades in the lives of others. And as a result, you have reaped a harvest of joy in their lives, of blessing in yours, and of praise to God. And for that, I thank you, and I honour you. I rejoice at the fruits of righteousness that I see in your lives and in the lives of others because of you. And today I offer gratitude to God for you this harvest thanksgiving. But what God has given to you, he is still calling you to give away in rich generosity, that the lives of future generations may be blessed through you. Don't stop sowing just because you already have a harvest. Go on praying for others, sponsoring children, writing to politicians, sharing God's word, taking part in our children's ministry and crash, praying for your godchildren, discipling your children and grandchildren, leading Bible studies, pointing your neighbours to Jesus, living righteous lives before them, giving financially to the ministry of the church and the needs of the poor. Go on sowing generously with the seed that God has given to you that you might reap an even greater reward and eternal harvest for the Lord of the harvest. I wasn't young enough when my father first became a farmer to fully appreciate the combine harvester experience. But for three-year-old James, it was 
overwhelming. The battering noise of the engine, the scything cutters, the huge cloud of dust following everywhere, the river of grain flowing out of the chute into the trailer. And above all, to sit high up there, cocooned in the driver's cabin, safe in the midst of all that power and chaos. And yet, and yet, without the quiet seed drill at the beginning end of the year, that whole huge experience would have been a fruitless waste of time. There would be no corn to reap. Christ's harvest is not yet here. When it comes, it too will be overwhelming. The power, the sifting, the clouds of chaff, the river of righteousness. And we are promised a place safe in the driver's cabin, a padded seat beside the hydraulic throne. As we offer gratitude for the harvests that we have already reaped, let us continue to sow generously in the lives of others, that we might not be ashamed on the day that we sit beside the harvester and watch the harvest home. But instead may rejoice that because of us, he is, re he is reaping a harvest of praise and others are joining with us in his joy. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, you have sown into our hearts your love and your grace through the life, death and resurrection of your Son and through the lives and words of those before us. How we thank you for the crop that has grown in us, the fruit of righteousness, your righteousness in us. Heavenly Father, we thank you.